Calling all Swifties and champions of change, Like a Girl Media is rolling out the red carpet for you with our Thrive Like a Girl contest. We're all about celebrating powerful women leaders who inspire us to dream big and push boundaries. And who embodies that spirit more than Taylor Swift herself? Here's your chance to see her live in concert. We're giving away two tickets to Taylor Swift's show in London on Saturday, June 22nd. Imagine being part of the magic, all thanks to Like a Girl Media. Entering is easy. Subscribe, share, and show us which episodes inspired you the most. Visit our website or check our social media for all the details. Don't just dream it, be it. Thrive like a girl and make this summer unforgettable. Contest opens globally. Voidware prohibited. Must be 18 or older to enter. No purchase necessary. Subscribe and share with hashtag thrive like a girl and tag us at like a girl underscore media for entry. Unlimited entries means unlimited chances. Winner chosen at random after contest closes May 20th, 2024. We'll be notified via DM. Make sure your profiles are not private. Check full rules on our site. This is your shot to see Taylor Swift live. Don't miss it. This episode is brought to you by Chirpy Bird, Inc. CMS's Merit-Based Incentive Payment System, or MIPS, is super complex. And if clinicians ignore the program or perform poorly in it, it can result in a hit to their revenue and reputation. Chirpy Bird is proud to say that more than 95% of its clients are exceptional performers in MIPS, meaning they've maximized the score that directly translates into their Medicare reimbursement rate. Chirpy Bird offers their audit-proof services to practices of all sizes through an affordable monthly subscription that includes unlimited access to a regulatory expert who guides them in knowing what data to track, how to create workflows that make capturing that data easier, and ensures that they submit it all to CMS on time and performing at its best. Contact Chirpy Bird today or learn more at chirpybirdinc.com. That's chirpybirdinc.com. Hey there, and welcome to Hit Like a Girl Pod. More than just a podcast, we are a community dedicated to lifting the voices of women in healthcare and health IT. With each episode, we bring a new expert in her field, not only to share her contributions, but also information about traveling down her career path and how to get her job. I'm your host, Joy Rios. This season, Sharice Maynard is joining me as my co-host. We hit the trails all summer long and are bringing our best conversations with women from the field, sometimes literally, to you. On today's episode, we're talking with Rebecca Clyde, co-founder and CEO of Botco.ai. As a mom of four, she made it her mission to find ways to save people time when navigating health systems. She's also lived in six countries, is fluent in Spanish, and a food enthusiast on the side. Okay, let's hear what she has to say. Thank you for joining us today. We are joined here in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are with Rebecca Clyde, and I'm going to give you a moment to introduce yourself, but I just want to say thank you for coming out to meet with us, and thank you for being a Hit the Trail sponsor, and just like showing up for women in general. I just want to throw that out there. So Rebecca, can you take a moment to introduce yourself and tell us your piece of the health IT puzzle? Oh, sure. Thank you, Joy, for the nice introduction and for organizing this beautiful 
podcast in nature. It's so lovely. I'm Rebecca Clyde. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Botco AI. And where I play in the healthcare IT ecosystem is that we're helping healthcare providers make it as easy to schedule an appointment as it is to text a friend. And the way that we do that is through a conversational AI that we have provided for healthcare providers. And we are able to help them answer questions from prospective patients and their families and help them move through the pre-admissions process, all without needing a live agent or a you know front desk staff. Member. So that's what I was going to ask. Okay, so I have, I'm a dog mom, and I go to my dog's vet when I need to schedule an appointment, and they have a chat box. And then I'm pretty sure that it's a live agent on the other side who is figuring out what schedule we need to get or what needs to happen from there. How is Botco different? Like, so ours is a software, like a, a piece of software, which is a virtual agent. And instead, what it does is it will ask you questions about what you need, what you might be looking for. It will conduct some maybe pre-admissions type of questions. And then using APIs, we connect into systems of record that the health provider might have. And that's how we determine where to best slot you in. Okay. So how did you get involved in this? How did this become your passion and mission in life? Yeah, that's a great question. So first of all, I've been a mom for almost 18 years. And that was really when my intersection with healthcare became more complex, I would say. You know, first having a pregnancy, then having some complications in delivery and all the things that that entailed. And then just, you know, kicking off that whole parenting world where you're taking kids to doctor's appointments literally every week. And one thing I learned very quickly was that scheduling appointments takes up a lot of time and way more than I think it really should. And, you know, one of the things I've always wondered is, you know, how is it that I've been a patient at this pediatrician for almost 18 years and I still have to wait on hold 45 minutes when I call to try to make an appointment? How is that even possible? And then every time it's like the first time I've spoken to them, even though I've been going there for 18 years. And so, you know, that's kind of the question that has always been rolling around in my mind. In the meantime, just in terms of my career, I've been working in technology basically since I graduated from college. I've always been on the forefront of, you know, what are the latest technologies that are out there that are available, um, particularly in the marketing or in the, I would say, like top of funnel uh, stages, because that's kind of where I have worked most of my career. And so it was just bringing together those two things. It's like, how do we use technology better to provide a, a more streamlined service? And what industry needs it more than healthcare, really, right now, especially, you know, helping providers have a, a more friendly digital front door, create more access to their services, because in the end, everyone benefits if we get our appointments more quickly, if we can get the questions we have answered more immediately, you know, outcomes will improve on both sides. When did you start? Like, I mean, I know 18 years ago, but when did Botco become, <laughs> when did Botco start? So we've been around for a couple of years. We started commercializing our product in the last two years. One of our first customers was actually a wellness provider, Massage Envy. They have 1,100 oh, yeah. massage clinics yeah. in the United States. And they started using our product because they were they have a lot of you know thousands or of customers at each location. They needed a better way to be able to engage them, to answer questions without tasking their front desk. And our product really allowed them to, to scale. Then when COVID happened last year... One thing I realized was that the healthcare industry was also in need of that same solution, especially because they were being inundated with questions about COVID testing and safety protocols. And all of a sudden, everybody switched to having a virtual waiting room. And what did that mean? 
So the, the need for providers to have a digital front door became even greater. And we started getting a lot of requests from the healthcare industry that pulled us in that direction. And so we, since pretty much over a year now, have been on this mission to help providers in the healthcare continuum create a more digitally friendly front door approach. Yeah, I've never heard that phrase before, the digital front door, and I really like it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, think about it. It's the only way sometimes that you can access some services these days. Yeah. And I imagine, I mean, thinking about the massage envy uh, with so many clients and customers, like that is a huge task for a front desk person to be able to sort through whatever information and whatever their database is and try and, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of Jane Smiths, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah nobody likes to wait on hold, Mm-mm. right? Nobody wants to call. So the feeling is mutual, right? The people who are calling who need the information, the families who have a need, for a healthcare service, they don't want to wait on hold. They don't want to be, you know, bounced around to 20 different people to get an answer. And then on the provider side, it's not good for them either because every time, you know, it takes a long time to get somebody into your system, that's a delay in your revenue cycle. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they want reimbursable events to happen sooner. Patients want to get in sooner. Everybody wants the same thing. So let's just help them you know, make that happen more easily. Did you feel like the pandemic kind of gave you guys a more momentum in the direction that you're going? Oh, for sure. Okay. And that was because I think healthcare providers had always known that this needed to happen, but it was like there was always something more important that was ahead of it in line. And mm-hmm. so it kept just kind of getting kicked down the line. And then it wasn't until COVID happened that finally this whole priority became the priority. It was no longer like number five or number six on the list. It was number one on the list. Yeah, we need this to happen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. Rebecca, let me ask you a question. Sometimes, because I see a lot of these um, products, I test a lot of them. Sometimes what where the fail in the process is, is on the other side, so the front end staff. Now, if you bring this technology or this innovation to practices, what does your staff do to ensure that front end staff and the workflow that they're involved in are able to carry out the mission of on the other side for their portion of getting that patient in. Like if a patient uses your technology to pre-register and that type of thing, are they going to have to go through the same thing once they get to the office? No, ideally they shouldn't Mm -hmm. because, and that's part of what we're automating, why automation is so important here is because how frustrating is it to have to provide the same information Mm -hmm. over and over and over again, right? Mm -hmm. The idea is that we should ask for that question once and never have to ask it again. Because we've collected that data, we've put it into the record, and now it's it's there. And unless it needs to be changed, there's no reason to go back to it. So some things will never change, like at a day of birth. Mm. But some things might change, like your insurance provider could change from year to year if you change a job or get a new plan. So those are the kinds of things that should be updatable, but not others. Mm-hmm. And so you know what we're trying to do is shorten the friction or reduce the friction that is involved in that whole pre-admission, you know, discovery, pre-admission, pre-arrival stages of the healthcare journey. I see. One thing we like to ask a lot of our guests is if you could solve for any problem in the healthcare industry, or for example, if you won the lottery and you're like, I can just fix it. If there's anything that you could just fix without thinking of, you know, the constraints of time, money, or resources, what problem would you solve and why? 
I would want to have like a universal record that I own and that it could just be easily plugged into any provider that I need to go see so that I don't have to be moving things around. So a good example is like for my kids, my daughter has asthma, you know, so her pediatrician has all of her history, but if she has an asthma attack at night, obviously I'm not going to take her to the pediatrician. I have to take her to Phoenix Children's Hospital. They don't have her full record because that record is at the pediatrician. So when I arrive there, I have to, they count on me to give them all the information. But what if I forgot something important? I can't, you know, I might be stressed out during that moment. I might not remember exactly the day of her last asthma attack. And so to rely on me as the mother to be the the source of information could actually be detrimental. And so what I don't understand is why isn't there like one single source of truth for my daughter's health? And no matter where I have to go at any point in time, whether I'm traveling or it's middle of the night, that that single source of truth could be tapped into. And that way we make sure that she's getting exactly the right dosage of whatever she needs at that moment. There's no, there's no counterindication that that record of whatever happened on that visit gets reported back to the central source. And now my pediatrician can always access all the information about my child's health. That's what I wish could exist. That would be lovely. Yeah, it reminds me, there's a TikTok where it shows um, a gentleman taking his kid to the doctor's and the receptionist asks him a few questions. He goes, how the hell would I know? Because it's usually the woman, I would the say, mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who takes the child to the doctor. But it brings up a good point. I'm always making that women make the majority of the health decisions in the home. So we know the questions that need to be asked and the problems that need to be solved. Where do you see women and our place in the healthcare ecosystem going next? What's our next move to ensure that our voices are heard? Yes, Women, and especially mothers, are the unpaid workers of the healthcare system. (laughs) So just like I gave that example, the healthcare system could get away with those moves because they assume that the mom will be keeping in her mind or in a journal or in her phone all of this important information. And they really rely on moms to give them that information. And then they rely on us to administer medications. They rely on us to bring them back for their follow-up appointments Mm -hmm. And all of the things that, you know, our children and our parents need when they are going through a healthcare situation. So, you know, the role that women play, I think, is of having our voices heard. I think it's almost like letting the healthcare system understand truly how much work we are doing for them because Mm -hmm. they do not provide that connective tissue between all of the systems to centralize that information. And so they're depending on us to be that that source of information. And we're kind of doing that work for free mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. As dads start getting more involved and you know, there's more co-parenting happening, I don't think we can continue to depend just on the mom to always be the one that knows everything. And, and really the healthcare record, that system should be housed somewhere else. So I would like to see women's voices heard more here and moms actually be part of the healthcare IT decision-making process because I would like more of the champagne, you know, being (laughs) consumed by the people who are creating the systems. I always say, if you were the one who had to wait on hold 45 minutes, every time you tried to schedule an appointment for your kid, trust me, you would have changed it. Yeah. But since it's not you, you're letting your wife do it or the mother of your children, you have no idea what a horrible system that you're managing and how difficult it is to consume the products that you offer in the healthcare environment. Knowing what you know and having, you know, lived your journey, what challenges have you faced that you feel that you could potentially support others in like hopscotching? Is there any lesson that you have learned that, you know, you're like, you know what, 
the next generation doesn't need to learn this exact same lesson. Learn from, from me. I figured something out. Is there something along those lines that you could share with our audience? So I work with a lot. Most of the people that I work with are on the, what I would call like the marketing and admission side of these healthcare systems. So it might be a large behavioral health provider that's servicing, you know, seven to 10 million size population of patient panel. And their big challenge is we're being inundated by requests for appointments, probably more than what we have capacity to, but we still want to service everybody. We still want everybody to have a good experience. And so how do we adequately support that volume with a proper response? Mm -hmm. And a bad experience on one side is leave a voicemail and we will call you back or wait on hold. And maybe in an hour, somebody will pick up the phone and answer your question, right? That's like a bad experience. And then on the other side of that coin, there could be a much better experience, which is Let's leverage technology to try to understand what you're looking for and then get you that answer immediately. And so where I can help hopscotch people is show them that journey. Like if you're feeling this pain over here where you're delivering a poor experience, I can show you very easily through what other health providers like you have done to get to that other side. And we have templates, we have use cases, we have examples, ontologies, all kinds of already proven methods that they can employ and be off to the races in a matter of weeks and get away from that pain point that they're already feeling. So that's the first place where I think I can help. And then the next thing is providing them insights, right? Because it's not just about creating a better experience, but it's then taking the data from those conversations and feeding those back into their system so they can make better decisions. And so to give you an example of how that works, if people are just calling and talking to your front desk, nobody is writing down all those questions and then aggregating them and analyzing them. At least I've never seen somebody who's doing that. <laughs> I don't know if you have, but nope. I rarely see that. Yeah. But that's what our system can provide. And so we can provide back to management a view into, hey, you have of the thousands of questions that came in this week, notice the themes. You're getting a lot of questions about teenagers needing help with depression or anxiety, or maybe they're having suicidal thoughts. Like you need to provide you know, quickly services to address that need because that could become a big problem for you down the line if mm -hmm. you don't, right? And so we're trying to help people with more of those upstream yeah. data well, And looking at points. their populations, mm -hmm. right? Like the population of patients that are reaching out to them, what's going on? What are the trends in their communities? Exactly, yeah. Right, in their communities, what are some new topics that might be coming up that hadn't been seen before? I mean, these are all things that we can feed back into their management and they can now make better decisions about maybe where they need to staff up, maybe new lines of service they can provide. Maybe they realize like, hey, we're getting a lot of questions on weekends. What if we provided a hotline on weekends where people could call and get help? You know, all of those things. But they, without knowing that data, they can't make those decisions and they continue to deliver a poor experience. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's amazing. So let me ask you, what's next for you? What's your next innovative project that you're working on? What is your company working on right now? Or what are you, the individual, working on? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so right now, you know, our product is primarily text-based. So meaning people will chat by typing questions into the chat. The virtual agent, the AI responds, and it's all a written experience. What I would like to do down the road is to incorporate within that voice capabilities, because I, I really see voice as being critical to this process and eventually video as well. And the reason that's important is because we can provide more context. So just to give you an example, if I provide a voice, I'm doing a voice chat maybe with an AI 
asking for an appointment. The voice chat might be able to pick up anxiety in my voice. It might be able to pick up cues from my voice as to maybe the critical nature Mm -hmm. of the request. Mm -hmm. It might hear a crying baby in the background and provide, say like, hey, I know you're making this appointment for yourself, but do you need an appointment for that baby too? right? Because mm-hmm. when was the last time they came in? Are they up to date with their immunizations? You can ask questions. So there's so much more you can provide when you incorporate the auditory channel and even more when you incorporate the video channel too. So you might be able to notice facial expressions, maybe a change over time, like yeah, that somebody between the last time and this time maybe had changed the coloring on their face and you're noticing that they're becoming more pale and maybe now they need you know, a more acute level of services than before. I mean, this is just a high level example, but (laughs) just to give you an idea of all the things that could be possible. So I really see the future as being, you know, chat is kind of like that foothold. It's the entry point. It's getting people used to the idea of that immediate connection. And then how do we roll that out in other channels as well? It does have an opportunity to be way more sophisticated in the sense that you can get really complex with patients. And I'm just thinking if somebody was calling the doctor from a car accident, for example, or you heard a siren in the background. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, just there's just so many ways you can tackle or opportunities to tackle different problems. Exactly. And I just think that so much about healthcare, the health system right now, I think is very disparate, right? It's like you call each specialist for each different need that you have. But I think as we become I think as healthcare advances, it's going to become more holistic in its approach mm-hmm. where we're thinking about not just your physical symptoms, but maybe is there something going on in your environment that could be creating a situation that is stressing you out and causing that symptom? Mm-hmm. So for example, I went in for my regular checkup and my doctor, she just looked at my test results and she said, have you been under a lot of stress lately? And I was like, well, how did you know? And she said, well, I can tell from your these cellular, you know, she was looking at a bunch of lab tests. She's like, you've changed a lot over the last year even. And she's like, I want you to think about, you know, maybe doing more yoga and meditation and how you can reduce your stress levels. Because I can tell just from last year to this year that there's been a change. Yeah. And, but not all doctors are that. Tuned in for sure. They're not looking at the delta between the last few years like she was. And she's known me forever. But those are the kinds of things that we need to start thinking about from a healthcare perspective. Well, so thinking about that, how have you been handling your mental health and mindfulness, you know, over the <laughs> last year? Like, what do you do to remain balanced or, you know, stay sane? You know what we're doing here today after this hiking? I feel like this year I did so much hiking in Arizona. We're lucky enough that we have so many trails near. You know, I have some great trails right by my house. And so trying to make time for nature, it's always a great way for me to clear my head, to think about problems from a new point of view, sometimes just to disconnect from the problems and just admire like the beautiful cactus or in the springtime here, the desert really blossoms. You'll see really pretty vegetation and flowering on all the cactus. It's so pretty. And so just taking a moment to look at that and admire it. I would say that's probably... One of the things I've done the most. The other is I've taken up gardening. Yeah. And <laughs> and so I'm kind of always talking to my vegetables. That's great. <laughs> Checking on them. That's great. <laughs> so like this weekend. And then it also forces me to like take on cooking projects, which can be fun. So right now my tomatoes are just exploding. So I've been making a lot of salsa and tomato sauce. And oh, wow. Um, my eggplant is coming in. So I was making some fun eggplant dishes this weekend. So 
stuff like that. That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. One I'm really kind of looking forward to. I know we've got some time until the sunset, but like the, it seems like the golden hour in the desert is just such a beautiful time, especially here in Arizona. So, oh, I've lived in many different countries, six different countries, and I've traveled just about everywhere in the world. And I have to say, Arizona has the best sunset. Really? I am yet to find one that competes. Mm. That's great. I'm glad we get to enjoy one together today mm-hmm. then. <laughs> yeah, something about, I think it's the sky. Oh, sorry. The sky turns all these colors and it's pretty magnificent. And it doesn't matter where you are, but higher up is always better, like here where we are. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for today and thank you again for coming out. And it's really been great to get to know you a little bit better and see your face in person and <laughs> smile in person. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just like so lovely to connect with humans again after this crazy time. So... Thanks for, you know, coming and getting to know us, the Hit Like a Girl podcast, and just being part of our community. We're really welcome. Thank you so much. Yeah. I've loved it. And this has been fantastic. Thanks for having me. And I'm so excited that you're touring the country and meeting people. I've already talked to a few people who are in other places like Colorado and who are excited to have you go there. Yeah. So it kind of made me want to hit the road with you too. (laughs) (laughs) We've had a couple of caravanas and Mm -hmm. I was telling Joy when I, because I flew into LA, there was a woman on the plane who was a listener. So it's like, um, it's caught on. So it's a really good thing. And really what we wanted to do is make women feel invincible and that we can get anything done. And, you know, so it's working out for us in that way. Well, that's absolutely true. And I think especially going back to just everything that needs to happen in the healthcare technology space, I think the big change will happen when finally the voices of women are heard, when women get to have those leadership roles or already have the leadership roles and really command that space that we occupy and create a system that is really consumer centric yep, and that services our needs as best as possible. Well, I feel like a big part of what we're trying to do is instead of trying to focus attention on what we don't want is instead try to build what we do want and put all of our energy into that. And so this is a grassroots part of that. So I'm glad that we're we're kind of at the ground floor, but we're just going to keep going. (laughs) Well, you know, we're the chief medical officers of our families. And so what a better place to start. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Thanks for joining us on Hit Like a Girl Pod. Make sure to visit our website where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or the Health Podcast Network so you never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or simply tell a friend. You can also find us on the socials. Our handle on all of them is Hit Like a Girl Pod. Be sure to tune in next time. See you soon. Like a Girl podcast is a proud member of the Health Podcast Network. One thing I love about working with them is that they're mission-driven, which means that they're dedicated to featuring authoritative shows, hosts, and guests who take on the tough topics in healthcare with empathy, expertise, and a commitment to excellence. If you're looking for bingeable content related to the healthcare industry, they've got more than 8,000 episodes on demand waiting for you. From professional development, the patient voice, digital health, innovation and entrepreneurship, and of course, health IT, they've got you covered. So this is your official invitation to check them out at healthpodcastnetwork.com.